Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is the 31st of January, 2024, the 21st of Shvat, 5784, coming to you on this Wednesday from Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Hope you are well, hope you are safe in your part of the world. Of course, here in Israel, we are still at war uh, down in Gaza, trying to rid the world of the evil, which is Hamas and all of their supporters. And they do have a lot of supporters. Just the other day, two days ago, I managed to go down to the Karim Shalom crossing. That is the crossing which Israel is currently using to provide humanitarian aid for Gaza. Now, I am not, uh, I did not misspeak. In the midst of a war, Israel is supplying Gazans with truckload after truckload of humanitarian aid. A lot of that aid is going directly in the hands, uh, into the hands of Hamas. So, one, there's several organizations which are opposed to aid, uh, aiding our enemy in the time of war. I personally am against aiding our enemy in the time of war. Uh, one of the organizations is called, uh, which is opposed to humanitarian aid to Gaza, is called Mothers of IDF Combat Soldiers. I actually wrote an article for JNS um, about my experience down there in Karim Shalom. And today we are privileged to be speaking with Mirit Hoffman. She's the English, English language spokeswoman for mothers of IDF combat soldiers, representing 7,000 women whose sons are currently serving. And their organization has been very, very active in all these demonstrations against providing aid to Gaza or aid to Hamas. So Mirit, thanks so much for joining us here on Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Well, thank you for having me, Josh. It's really a privilege. It is a pleasure to have you on. And your organization, I see over the last week, has been all over the place. Uh, let's start off with um, when we first spoke several days ago. Uh, members of your organization have been trying to get to Karim Shalom and some of the other crossings um, in order to block the trucks, physically block the trucks going into Gaza, also to make a lot of noise, raising awareness as to the, the crazy reality in which Israel is supplying humanitarian aid to Gaza, which ends up in the hands of Hamas. What do you have to say about this phenomenon which is going on right now? Gosh, I have a lot to say, but can I just start with something? I'd like to, uh, I start my um, all my podcasts with enormous thanks and gratitude to the idea of soldiers. I don't think they get way enough credit. So I'm here to say thank you very much, all you amazing soldiers. You're doing amazing work. We really, really appreciate it. We think you're awesome and very brave. And it is a privilege to be your parents. And um, because of them, we're able to sit here and have this discussion. So I really feel that's super important. Um, we also, our organization also supports the government in its decision to go to war and stop and eradicate Hamas ISIS. Our message as uh, mothers of combat soldiers is that the lives, excuse me, the lives of our soldiers have to be prioritized over the enemy civilians. And now getting back to Karim Shalom. Imagine you are in, at a war and you are actually feeding the monster. I mean, Hamas, it's, Hamas is getting this humanitarian aid, so to speak. So it's becoming Hamas aid. They're saying it out loud. They're saying it a lot. They're, they're actually very, very proud of it. 
When you go to war against an enemy, you have to put a siege on the enemy in order to be able to starve the enemy, in order to be able to get what you want, and that is the victory that you need and eradicating Hamas. Feeding here this monster is enabling them to stay in their tunnels and, you know, just live it up there. And that not only endangers our soldiers, but endangers the hostages. I mean, those hostages, what are they? They're not even getting those that food, but even if they were getting the food, which they're not, that's not what we want. We want to get them out of there as quickly as possible. Um, so we are extremely, extremely opposing this humanitarian aid as a lot of other groups, by the way, as you had seen when you were there. Yeah, there's Tzav Tesha and some of these other organizations. And there were for the first, this is going on, I think today is day number eight or nine, but for the first five days, um, you were actually able to block the trucks, not let them go into Aza. And then eventually the, uh, the, the, I guess the government via the IDF declared the whole area military, a closed military zone. When I went down, I had to park in a field, drive through fields and then park in a field and walk another couple kilometers just uh, even as a journalist with a press card just to get to Karim Shalom. And on that specific day, there was such a great uh, security presence, police. Um, they were not allowing the trucks to be blocked and the trucks were moving, were free, moving freely uh, into Gaza. Uh, tell me about the impact you think that the organization has had up until, uh, up until today. Look, we're doing it the best we can. We are talking. We have um, on uh, one day a week, it was Mondays, and then it moved now to Wednesdays. We are protesting um, opposite the Knesset. We go into the Knesset and we speak to the MKs and the movers and shakers and the influential people in the Knesset and in the government. Um, we had today, we had, by the way, a administration opposite the U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem, because one of the things that's going on is, as you probably know as well, is that the pressure for this humanitarian aid is coming from the U.S., which is also completely unclear. I don't, we don't understand why this insisting and pressuring Israel to supply aid simply because, A, because they all know where it's going to, and B, because they're in agreement that um, that Israel has to eradicate Hamas. So I don't understand how this works for them. Um, Blinken, by the way, every time he comes, he opposes new restrictions and new demands on this humanitarian aid, and he's coming here on Friday, and we don't know what else he's going to ask us to do. So the pressure is coming from the U.S., and therefore we are um, also putting pressure on the U.S. with our demonstration that we had today. We had a demonstration um, a couple of weeks ago also in front of Blinken and um, where his hotel, where he was staying at the hotel in Tel Aviv. I, w I would probably argue that the at least one of the reasons the United States is putting pressure on Israel right now is because this is election season and it all boils down to a few key states in the U.S. And from what I understand, the Biden administration is afraid that if they show too much support for Israel, then they will lose votes uh, from the uh, Muslim community, especially in places like Michigan, where there's a, a tremendous Muslim community. And uh, unfortunately, you know, for us here, uh, our government is being pressured, and it all comes down to politics, which is absolutely sick because we're talking about the lives of our soldiers, and our, the lives of our soldiers should not be chess pieces when it comes to politics, especially politics in a different country. Would you agree with that 
assessment? Absolutely. Absolutely. There are things that I cannot say, but you definitely can say. And yes, I absolutely agree. We are very well aware, as of course, you know, most of the country is aware that the Biden administration is putting this pressure on because of their elections. And just like you said, I fully support what you said. Elections is very nice. It's in America. And this is Israel. And we have to stand by our people and make sure that our state is secure. Um, by the way, this whole humanitarian aid nonsense is totally double standard with what the U.S. does when they go and fight a war. I don't remember at 9-11 they had any humanitarian aid being put. And there, that, by the way, was a war far, far, far away from the U.S. This is a war right outside our backyard. So this whole humanitarian aid business is a total farce and double standard. By the way, another thing, you know, if they're so worried about the civilians living in Gaza, which also, as you know, 80% of them or the majority, the vast majority of them support Hamas, um, if they're so worried about them, why don't they put pressure on Egypt to open their borders and then make sure that that humanitarian aid goes to those people who can who should be moved away from the war zone? It's very simple. If you want to make sure that the civilians get humanitarian aid, what you need to do is make sure they're away from the war zone, um, which is what most people do. You know, most most uh, civilians, when they're in a war zone, they move away from the war zone and they're allowed to seek refuge in another country. Here, the U.S. is insisting for reasons that are unknown to leave the um, sort of block the Gazans from moving anywhere and humanitarian aid is not getting to them. So I'm not really sure what's going on here. Yeah. And any other conflict where there is war, we saw this in Syria. The borders were open to other countries, to Turkey and whatnot. And really, any other conflict in the world, in the world, if people or countries really care about those who they claim they care about, those who are in the you know stuck in the crosshairs of war, then you would do everything possible to remove them from the war situation. But that's not the case here. Unfortunately, um, all of the other Arab nations even are using the Arabs who are living in Gaza as pawns, refusing to let them go into Egypt, refusing to take them in. Um, as refugees in their in their countries, they're they're here basically like UNRWA, what's been doing for so many years, holding the people as pawns and not letting them uh, resettle in other countries. But you know, we were talking now about the United States. Let's um, let's bring it home here and talk about our own government. Prime Minister Netanyahu has said numerous times um, that the reason for humanitarian aid is because he does not want a uh, an outbreak of disease, a crisis any type of humanitarian crisis or whatnot. And again, you started the conversation by saying clearly that your organization supports the efforts of the government of the state of Israel to eradicate Hamas ISIS. But at the same time, you know, those are the excuses being used by our own government in terms of why they're letting the trucks in. What would you say uh, to those uh, claims by our government that aid must be led into Gaza? If not, it'll be even worse for our soldiers, our people, what would you say to those who argue that, which I personally disagree with, but what would you guys say? Okay, look, I am not in the government. I wish I was, but I'm not. One day, not one day. <laughs> one day. And I, I can tell you what we are seeing, you know, de facto. What they're saying is a different thing. But again, if they're so worried, if everybody is so worried about what's going to happen, the crisis so-called, 
in in Gaza because of the humanitarian not being given, it is very simple. Make sure it gets to those people. How do you make sure that it gets to those people? I'm sure they're very creative. I don't need to give them ideas, but one of them would again. U.S. has a lot of power, as we have seen. It's not chokhmah, as they say in Hebrew, to put the power on the on the people that are actually fighting an enemy. Put the power on Egypt. Put your money where your mouth is. Put the money on Egypt. Put the money on Jordan. I mean, the Queen of Jordan had the crocodile tears of how she's so worried about Palestinians. Okay, so open the borders and let them go. She's so worried about them. That's a very good idea. Let let them live there for a little bit because we are at a war zone. We have to eradicate. And by the way, this is a war that we're doing for the West, for the whole West civilization. This is a war that if we don't, if God forbid, and we will win it, it's going to come to the U.S. And hey, it's already, it's already there. So really. Yeah, no, we're seeing it, of course, in Europe, and we're seeing it now in the United States with all of these uh, mass protests claim, claiming that they're against uh, the government of the state of Israel. We see this is... Uh, Blatant anti-Semitism disguised as anti-Zionism all over the world. They're protesting against the Jews. They're not saying, let's go, you know, or against the Israelis. They're saying flat out, let's go against the Jews. And, you know, it's really taking place, this phenomenon, all over the world. Um, in terms of uh, the mothers of IDF uh, combat soldiers, what are your next steps? What are the things you have planned for the days ahead? And what is the best way if people want to get involved in participating in the demonstrations, of showing support, of physically going to all the different locations, whether it's down by the border, whether it's at the Knesset, whether it's the, the embassy, what's going on in the days ahead? Okay, so we, again, we have once a week, um, I think it's going to be moved now to Wednesdays permanently, we have a tent um, opposite the Knesset where we meet everybody and we put pressure on um, MKs, they come to talk to us and we meet them also in the Knesset as well. We have a Facebook page and a Twitter page. It's called a Moving See, Imahot Elohamim. Um, and you can go in there and uh, sign up and there have all the activities. Also um, the, on that Facebook page, there's a um, option to join in a WhatsApp group. And, and also if somebody wants something uh, else, they can always contact me directly. Um, if you want, I can give my number and I can I can um, put them up in the various groups. So folks, go onto Facebook, Twitter, check out Mothers of IDF Combat Soldiers in Hebrew, Imahot Lochamim, correct? That's what it is. Check that out, get involved, make your voice heard. And, you know, we really have to oppose uh, this humanitarian aid into Aza. It's just going to prolong the war. It puts our soldiers in more danger, more harm, uh, when we enable our enemy. So I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's a, it's a terrible mistake and we should stop doing it. It's unprecedented. It doesn't happen in any other war situation. Who supplies their enemy, even their enemy civilians, with humanitarian aid in the midst of the war? We have to strengthen our government to stand up strong to the pressure being put on us by our best friend. Unfortunately, the United States putting us uh, putting extra pressure on us. And we'll see. Blinken is coming, as you said, for a, what is it, a sixth time, you said, is coming since the start of the war? Fifth or sixth time. And who knows what other pressure he'll be put on us. But we will stay strong. We will prevail, as you said. And please, God, it'll happen very, very soon. I want to thank you so much. Mirit Hoffman. And this, by the way, this isn't your day job, right? This is... No, this is not my day right. job at all. Okay. But, but she is volunteering in order to spread this important message. Mothers 
of IDF combat soldiers. Go join the 7,000 proud and strong women um, who are standing up for what's right. No humanitarian aid to Gaza. Um, let them give us back our hostages, our captives. Let them throw down their weapons, and we can end this war. But sending them, enabling them by providing them with more aid is not the way to go. I want to thank you for your time. Thank you so much, and keep up the important work that you're doing. Have a wonderful day, and uh, let's only hear good news. Amen. Thank you so much for having me, Josh. Have My a great pleasure. day. Have a great day. So there you have it, folks. I mean, there's so many different things we could talk about today in terms of the situation down in Aza. Unfortunately, um, several more soldiers were killed in battle. It was announced late last night. Um, at the same time, the IDF is making tremendous progress in, uh, in getting the bad guys and killing Hamas uh, terrorists down in Aza. We still don't know how long this will last. We don't know how long it will take to completely disseminate Hamas. There's also at the same time talk of uh, a hostage release, which would come at a steep, steep price. In other words, Israel would have to release under the deal. As far as what is being presented in the media, Israel would have to release many, many terrorists, would have to take a perhaps even a two-month break from the fighting down in Aza. Prime Minister Netanyahu said yesterday that uh, there's no chance that Israel is going to release thousands of terrorists. And he stated clearly, and we're going to have to hold him to it, he stated clearly, he was actually in Eli at the uh, at the yeshiva, I believe, in, in the community of Eli, stated that the goals of the war remain the same, the, the, the destruction of Hamas, bringing back the hostages, the captives, and making sure that Gaza is no longer a threat to the state of Israel. Um, again, denying reports that there are going to be thousands, thousands of uh, terrorists released. Of course, everyone wants the hostages home here in Israel. There's no doubt about it. But in my opinion, I, I think the way to go is what these, uh, what these organizations are doing, the mothers of IDF combat soldiers, um, encouraging the government to stop providing aid. And this has been a topic for years that I've brought up when you come, when it comes to terrorists um, and aid and all that kind of stuff. We've talked about this many, many times before on the show. And as hard as, a, as, hard as it might be and as painful as it might be in the long term, you cut off the electricity, you stop providing electricity, you stop providing water, you stop providing uh, fuel and food. And it sounds extreme, but again, number one, who, helps their enemy in the time of war. Number two, if you want the people to turn against Hamas, you have to stop enabling them. And when you send in fuel and food, number one, Hamas takes it. And number two, um, and number two, you're just allowing them to keep going. You're pro literally providing them with the resources they need to keep going. That's not the way to win a war. We have to stop sending aid and I was down there and I saw the trucks at Karim Shalom, truckload after truckload, so many trucks, one after another. And in this case, the demonstrators were not allowed to block the trucks. The trucks were going straight into Aza, straight to Hamas. A lot of the trucks had, had UNRWA flags. And we all know UNRWA is basically a branch of Hamas. It was just revealed by the Wall Street Journal that uh, despite the fact that some people are saying only 12 UNRWA representatives were celebrating October 7th or took part in the October 7th massacre. 
It was 1,200, not 12, 1,200 um, UNRWA representatives who took part in kidnapping and murdering and siding with Hamas against the Jewish state of Israel. So while it's a start that many countries have stopped providing uh, funding to UNRWA, UNRWA must be shut down once and for all. 75 years they've been holding Arabs as pawns against against the Jewish state of Israel. UNRWA should be shut down. Um, and, uh, and, the, uh, and the trucks have to stop going in. And I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I hope that, you know, with all of the persuasion and all these organizations doing amazing work to raise awareness and to try to physically stop the trucks, I hope that we, you know, I hope our government stops it once and for all. It's absolutely ridiculous to see it with your own eyes. It's, it's just unbelievable to witness it as I did just the other day. So anyway, thanks for, uh, thanks to Marit Hoffman for coming on the show. Um, and I think we're going to wrap it up for today. Hopefully there'll be some, uh, some better news next week. Um, as I'm looking at my phone right now and I see that there are rockets being fired in Northern Israel, literally right now, it's two twenty-two in the afternoon on Wednesday here in Jerusalem in Israel, rockets being fired by, uh, Hezbollah, the Hezbollah terrorists in Northern Israel. And uh, a lot of people think that that is the next front in this war israel will have to uh, deal with the hezbollah threat but one thing at a time first we have to take care of hamas once and for all hamas must be eliminated and that includes anyone who supports that terror organization and any so-called civilian who are not really civilians those who took part in the october 7th massacre big shout out to tabitha epstein for everything she does behind the scenes ben bresky engineer extraordinaire my name is josh haston this has been another edition of israel uncensored on the land of israel network at the land of israel.com for the 31st of january 2024 the 21st of shvat 5784 coming to you from just outside the walls of the old city of jerusalem the eternal capital of the state of israel and the jewish people wishing our soldiers only the best much safety Please, God, our hostages will be um, will be saved. We'll come home. And wishing all of you out there in the wonderful world of ours a safe and good week. Shalom, shalom from Jerusalem. Until next time.